G'day, pals. Hey, pals. Afternoon all. Oh. Welcome to the podcast, Throw in the Pal. The podcast where we talk about movies. I'll just keep going. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're so good at it by now. Like, you've got this. I don't, yeah. but I'll no, try my do. best. So, it's the podcast where we talk about movies and theoretically some of us hate a film, some of us love a film and we're just here to debate, you know, mm. with our pals. That's 100% what we're here to do. <laughs> Correct, thank you. You're and, welcome. Uh, and by the end of it, hopefully one of us throws in the pal. Yeah. And us being just four nameless amorphous dudes, you guys don't need to worry about it. We won't identify ourselves. Okay, cool. That sounds good. I was going to I'm say... Tom. Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And I am Fuck You Frank. <laughs> it's great to be here. Uh, we rate these on a score of 11, Tom. We do. What have you got for us today? Uh, it's 11 because it's the number of times that Nick Nolte had to be reminded they weren't really in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Take them off the fucking grid. He is intense in this movie. Oh, he's he's intense in real life. Beautiful man. I don't know what it's called. I only know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life. <laughs> Great line. So it's not good. It's good. you know because you clicked on the pod, but obviously from Tom's great impression, we're talking about Tropic Thunder. Tropic yes. Thunder. It is a 2008 film directed by Ben Stiller. Yeah. Uh, debut directorial? No, no, he made Ooh. a couple before this. Yeah, okay. So many before this. Zoolander was in the big eyes, one. In my eyes, this is where he really hit the scene. <laughs> Back into, yeah, this is where he hit his stride. <laughs> ben who? Also Cable, cable Guy. Uh, cable Guy, oh, Mystery Men was was his as well, wasn't we it? We don't talk about Mystery Men. And I, can't I used to love Mystery Men. Remember the guy who's invisible when no one's looking? Genius concept. <laughs> I've been told that joke so many times I'm afraid to watch the movie. I've never seen it, but I'm like, that's a perfect joke. So I don't know. I want the rest of the movie to, to stand up to it. It also has Smash Mouth as the That is that was true. That was written for. So All Star was written for Mystery Men. Yeah. And then Shrek just co-opted it, and Shrek it became and the Shrek song. But it was written for mystery. That's well, how so could weird. it not succeed, really? With exactly. Smash Mouth at the helm. Two Smash yeah. movies. <laughs> they um, asked Ben Stiller. They're like, "Who do you want to get to write the song for this?" And he went, "Somebody." Sorry. Oh, <laughs> pitchy guys. Wow. Also, I just want to clarify: this came out in 2008. As I said, it came out on the 21st of August, which. Tommy, I don't know if that's... It's a really interesting month. It's a good month. <laughs> yeah, film? it's not a bad time. Well, August, when uh, we think about it in terms of like blockbuster potential... In the US. I said potential because that's what the professionals say when they're talking <laughs> about the biz. You're a professional. I'm a professional. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a good month. It's on like the tail end of summer. It would have come out just very briefly to give context to what sort of year this here was. We We've got Robert Downey Jr. in here, but this is the same year of uh, Iron Man. So he was kind of like running the table there. Obviously, that was a mo- like a big movie that I don't know if they ever did anything with the character after that. But it was a really good standalone. And then I wish they would. Yeah, I wish they would he go back to charming Tony Stark. You know, interesting guy. There's potential there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it yep. was the same year as Kung Fu Panda as well. So. I hope it works wow. out for Jack that guy. Black. Jack Black was. <laughs> still, I hope <laughs> it works Daddy out. I hope having big years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's quickly go around the table. Who loved it? Who hated it? Put your hand up. When, oh, oh my You God. asked the question who loved it, who hated it. <laughs> yeah, we're all answering up. yes, one of those. For the, for, the, for the listener, we all have our hands up. Okay, <laughs> let's a real review. Let me, let me narrow it down. Who hated it? Put your hand up. And also say your name. Oh, no. No one. I didn't think. I, I Marcus and I spoke a couple of hours ago and I was like, this is the one I feel like we're all going to like. Yep. And then maybe because just for a little bit of inside the biz, we record a few episodes a night. This is our first episode of the evening, and I think the other ones are going to be a bit more divisive. For uh, context for our listeners too, these mm. uh, films that we're discussing uh, in the next couple of weeks, they were all suggested by our viewers. Listeners, Shit, we should have opened with that. We really should <laughs> That's have. a really we, good um, point. We didn't choose these ones. and it was Which is weird because I would have chosen them. This was my next suggestion. It's a great suggestion. There's a lot honest. to talk about. There's a lot to unpack. Yes. I... Uh, love this film and have done for a long time. We gleefully giggled, hey, when this came up. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> what would you give it? I'll give it an 8.5. Yeah. It's an upbeat little jangle. That's because it's an upbeat kind of score. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. And like you scored. Okay, shut You're, up. Keep right. going. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to jump in early and I'm going to raise your 8.5. Whoa. It's not how it works, but go on. I'm going to give you a 9. I'm going to take your nine. Oh, wow. Oh, no. And oh, tell no. you to go what? fuck yourself. Oh, okay. It's a 9.5. Wow. Oh. Which for Chris is like a 17 out of 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's monstrous. Yeah. That is a monstrous score It's so nice Chris. to see Chris with a smile on his face, you know. Mm. 
I'm gonna uh, tell you guys that that's some real cute uh, little big boy <laughs> pants numbers you got there. Don't, don't do it. To <laughs> but I'm gonna go. This is an American nah, beauty. It's an eight point two, but I like. Oh. <laughs> I should have started. <laughs> I thought we were dropping the, the decimals, the weird decimals. Uh, well, it didn't happen this time. <laughs> we can always hope. So these, these are Dewey decimals. This is oh, okay. different. Okay. Yeah. Throw some letters in there. <laughs> um, I kind of want to hear from Chris first because of this monster score that he's thrown. That's out. a big score for you, Chris. That yep. is a big score, Chris. Uh, I remember when I, I, I first saw this at the cinema. The first 15 minutes of this film had me absolutely transfixed. Fake the trailers fake. Yes. that have more effort put into them than trailers today. <laughs> and the first opening scenes in Vietnam are incredible. Awesome, isn't it? Incredible. Yeah. Um, this is the last action comedy film that has ever been made. I Ooh, cannot I'm think trying. of one Ooh, I, that would even remotely uh, come close to oh, matching it. Coda? Yeah. Or, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, without the subtitles, I could understand. <laughs> not you, you wouldn't have got it, Marcus, it, but that was weirdly, yeah. that was a human comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I'll, genres were all over the place for me. Yes. I'll raise you your coda <laughs> and say cats is also on there. But besides that, I don't disagree that of note, this does seem to be a movie that people throw back to and go, there's just not a lot of movies like that anymore 15 years later. And I still think they're out there. Arguably Bullet Train is an action comedy, but I agree it's not in the same Who's vein. arguing that? That Bullet Train's an action comedy. <laughs> I didn't really laugh. No? You don't think it was trying to be funny though? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it was succeeding. <laughs> I agree. Good. And we could just add the qualifier good. And it's like absolutely. I agree. I'm walking down the street arguing with strangers. Bullet Train is train. hilarious. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> but yeah. That's I, a good point. And it's also the, I mean, last... Big budget comedy that we sort of had for a while. Mm. If I, I mean, is that a fair you, point? You've got to throw that out because we mentioned briefly the other day that I was like, I always like to know a lot of these things and I tend to know it a lot more about recent movies. Mm. But yeah, if you just throw a random movie at me from two, I'm not a freak. All right, guys, I'm not a freak. Well, like, I mean, if you <laughs> let it finish, if you throw a random movie at me from 2008, I don't know what the budget was, and you I'm, don't. I'm not likely going to. I do. So I, well, I said to you the other day, I was like, "What? It couldn't can be we, more than like 25 or 30." And you were like, "I laughed in your face." Can we, okay, in we face. can guess. We can. Yeah, go you on, guys guess. go ahead. It's not 30. It's Wait, more than 30. It's, it's higher 30 than 30 million. At least a hundred. Oh, well, now we just fuck it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's pretty good though. No, it's with, uh, with the explosions alone, I'm going to go with uh, 75 mil. It's 92. Oh, and my to my like only defense is I put this movie on today and the Vietnam part kicked off and I was like oh that's right there's like explosions in this. <laughs> like <laughs> most of my memory of this movie is like Robert Downey Jr. and them just like shit talking and then there's so much of the movie that I'm like God that would have been insane which is like so that that opening sequence alone would have cost them as you say twenty million very, it's a proper action it's aping it's uh, also still very funny Apocalypse yeah. Now obviously this movie's aping a lot of like Vietnam War movies but that opening in Apocalypse Now with the napalm that's yeah. falling. And that's what this movie's ripping. And obviously yeah. it's ripping off cartoon. Oh, screaming Kamala. And all these different things. Yes. Um, yeah. And even Born on the Fourth of July, which is funny because Tom Cruise is in it as well. Mm. Um, but you really liked the opening trailers. Ah, oh, they are. They're very funny. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Um, very funny. It also any- sets up the characters really well because they mm. are obviously parodying famous, you know, celebrity types. Yeah. And it's nice. You just go, oh, cool. That's Al Pacino. He's the rapper. There's Jeff Portnoy, the fat uh, fart comedian. Sure. So <laughs> he, apparently, well, well, here's the thing: you could go. Ben Stiller is Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise, sure. Or he's like Vin Diesel. Or he's like and Stallone. Stallone. Twenty years yeah. ago. Absolutely. Yeah. He's Schwarzenegger. He's uh, John Claude Van Damme. He's whatever, right? And then you go. Robert Downey Jr. is Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Or he's now, like, I guess, Shia LaBeouf. Like anyone who takes themselves way too seriously. Yeah, but has to, to have some like Daniel some Lewis credibility. Then. So Sean Penn, maybe was he five time five time Academy Award winner? The least realistic <laughs> part of this movie is at one point he mentioned that it was he had a performance that he won his second Globe but his third Oscar for. And I was like, fuck off! You don't win more Oscars <laughs> than Globes. That's not the exchange rate. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have the money to buy the Globe. How it works. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, with Jack Black, 
Isn't it just kind of Jack Black being Jack Black? No, it's, it's well, Eddie Murphy. It's meant to be, yeah, like Eddie Murphy. That that's what the the or farts. any of the the Wayans Farley. Brothers. Sure, it's meant to be Chris Farley. Farley. Yeah. But I still go In like of the- that's Jack Black playing a slight variation on who he already is. Whereas Ben Stiller and Robert I, Downey Jr. are actually yeah, kind of. I think that's, at least that's, he's that's, leaning into it. Oh, that's disrespectful. Which is disrespectful to Jack film. Black. He's way better than that. He's way more versatile than that. I think so, but it wouldn't be like as a hey, did you back in the mid two thousands hear about the new Jack Black movie where he farts a lot and it's funny. I'd be like, that sounds like a thing that could exist. Sure. Like, yeah. why not? Yeah, okay. That's um, fair. The, but without blonde uh, hair. I mean, yeah, without blonde, that's true, the blonde yeah. hair. Other I than Nacho Libre, I think that you've maybe overshooting with this. I think movies like, you know, School of Rock and all that are his wheelhouse where he's like the, I'm going to yell at authority and I'm going to be surprisingly heartwarming and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like shallow how to some extent, oh. like even the vibe he's doing there. Mm. And then something like, mm. I literally just had it like Tenacious D, which is maybe more of a stoner comedy, but even mm. so it's Jack Black being a foolish kind of gross guy. And we laugh like he's he's gross in a funny way. Like that's just a descriptor. That's not a, or a category. I, I don't think mean. Jack Black's Only gross. Only two comedians I can think of that have actually done that film though and yeah. played the multiple parts is Mike Myers and Eddie Murphy. That's We hadn't even mentioned Mike Myers and that's a really good point. And I think Mike Myers. Martin Lawrence. Big oh, Mama's oh, house oh. is what I'm picturing. Does he play yeah, multiple yeah. roles in that though or is he just Big Mama? He is just Big Mama. Let's not forget too that Jack Black was able to be a lovable sidekick in say like the cable guy and sure. um, what was that film that he did with? Uh, um, the Holiday. No. Oh, that's a. He's not. You don't that. like that movie. I think no, it's I don't nice. like that film. Uh, no, it's the one with brother and sister duo. Very famous. Um, she played the teacher in High School Fidelity, of Rock. King Kong. High Fidelity. Oh, Boom, High, um, Fidelity. High Fidelity. Thank you. Is he in Joan in High Fidelity? Do you mean yeah. Joan and John Cusack? As yeah. Joan, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Are they sister? They're brother and sister. Are yeah. they actually? 100%, yeah. yeah. It made the out? sex scene very awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird that they insisted on keeping that in. Uh, no, he plays Lovell's sidekick in High Fidelity where he ends up at the end. He sings, oh, he sings my God. Let's Get It On. Um, I'm, you can really try, Let's Get It On. Marvin I'm a Gay. moron. Thank I you. literally am hearing, <laughs> I'm hearing John Cusack and Joan Cusack and I'm thinking of Gross Point Blank. Which they're both. Which is a great film, but he's not in that. So in my head, I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" High fidelity, of course, where they work at the record store. I apologise because we are off track, and I we've gone so far off. I wanted to (laughs) go back to the trailers. We're still talking about Jack Black, so we're kind of on track. Real quick with the trailers. Did everyone see this movie at cinemas? I don't remember. Uh, I did not. I did, and Chris did as well. So you guys definitely you saw it. Like you were in the cinema at the, mm. uh, in time to watch it, mm. and you guys both would have watched a DVD. So I probably couldn't afford a ticket. Sure, no VHS. doubt. You had that was your VHS. struggle years. Oh eight, the oh, year yeah. you didn't, you never ate. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. Um, He'd my, just been to the Beijing Olympics. His budget was gone. Yeah. That's, that a, was his, that's uh, a specific pull. <laughs> <laughs> what else was going on in 08? Slumdog Millionaire was based on you. It was an 08 <laughs> reference. Anyway. Minus the millionaire. There was a... I'm the opposite of Iron Man? No, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. There, my mother and I went to watch this at CMX. Oh, good. Denver I'm glad Port. you brought her up. And... <laughs> It's the last time they spoke. Apologise. <laughs> no. Apologise. No. My dear mother and I went to watch this at C-Max Cinema's Great. Devonport and we walked in seven minutes late. What's playing? <laughs> the trailer with Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey yeah. Maguire. 30 very confusing seconds for us where we're like, wait, what? And it wasn't until I'm in the wrong movie. Robert Downey Jr. does the... <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a joke. But I just saw Tobey Maguire and was like, so this is just a trailer playing, How long right? did it take mum? My mum, she thought the whole movie, like it ended and Tom Cruise is dancing and she's like, when's the movie going to start? Am I wrong? That's fair. Long trailer. She thought it was all a booty sweat ad for Al Pacino's booty sweat drink. I would drink it. Picked it up back in Da Nang. Um, (laughs) I love that they use Tobey Maguire as MTV Best Kiss Award. Yes. And like that's what he won. And they give upside down Spider-Man. I was talking. Yeah, sorry. I was finished as well. Okay. Well, apologize to my mother. (laughs) Anyway. Later. Ben Stiller tries to sell uh, uh, Jay Bruchel. uh, Baruchel. Baruchel. His character, whose name is Kevin Sandusky. He tries to sell him on joining his team. He's like, who knows? Could be a Teen Choice Award in it for you. He's like, oh, for real? (laughs) They slime you. They slime you and everything. (laughs) (laughs) I love when he he, oh, he just that bit when he before we forget the- to mention him. I think. <laughs> oh, I've, I've done it. All right, hey Chris, it's your turn to cut off Frank. Okay, but <laughs> well, wasn't that it wasn't enough. <laughs> on that scene where he is offering him that 
you know, oh, you know, you might give that alliance. Up. I think there is an extended version of this film. Yes, in please that, talk in about that, this. In, in the extended version, um, Zandeski's just been chatting to Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And Downey Jr. saying, I've got an Abe Lincoln like coming up. I'm picturing you in a beard. So it's like he's being offered these two things. One of them is a lot nicer than the other. (laughs) So we we should address this now. I think that points to their characters, though. Like, obviously, Daniel Kirk Lazarus is like, we want to do a good, gritty film. We want to be an actor. Mm. And Ben Stiller's like, yeah, you're going to get famous, man. You're going to get some money (laughs) and get laid. Can can we talk about the runtime? Because I'm now realising, as we said off mic just before, I do think... I haven't seen the extended version of this movie. And really? I watched it today and just that bit that you say about Abe Lincoln, I'm like, I can't remember that line. Okay. How long was your viewing today? Uh, my viewing I think was about an hour and 50. Hour 47 maybe? Maybe that would have been right, whereas yeah. the extended edition. Well, what is it, Tom? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> is his mum here? So there's a t- <laughs> so that's a two-hour version. Two hour and one minute wow. for the director's yeah. cut. Yeah, for 14 minutes of lols. I've never I don't seen recall it. an Abe Lincoln line. And I've seen this it film must be in the countless cut. times. Okay. Does Kirk Lazarus in your version go up and try to side with J.B. Rochelle? Yes, yes. Because yes. otherwise that scene doesn't make any sense. Of course. Right. But yeah. you're saying there's a there's an extended bit there. You, like I know this is a really tricky thing to ask in the moment, but is there any other moment in the film you can recall that you're like, well, that wasn't in the original or? Just re-watching it for this, there was just a couple of scenes. I, I, I couldn't give you a specific one, but mm-hmm. just a couple of scenes because I've seen this film 20 times. It's and in our demo. We watch it a lot. Yeah. Right? And it's just certain scenes when I was watching it this time, like, this scene is longer. What's what? And also there's lines that you go, oh, I can't quote that one. Hmm. There's heaps in the start in the first uh, first Vietnam uh, war scene. Like just more Robert Downey Jr. riffing on like, oh, here comes a guy. Just him mumbling nonsense. And it's obviously just sure. riffing. Um, should we talk about Robert Downey Jr. in this film? I think it's inevitable. This film was a seven for me had it oh. not been for him. Like, this is a great comedy overall. Yeah. But Robert Downey hands down makes this film, in my opinion. The performance is very funny. Oh. The performance is very controversial. I think it's one of the least controversial ones I've ever seen, Frank. Would you tell me more about that? <laughs> um, don't ask me about it. I've had my own experience with this. Okay. As a child. What do you mean well, let's, by that? Let's quickly talk about, obviously, in Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Kirk Lazarus, undergoes pigmentation therapy, is it called? Yeah, he has surgery. He's doing blackface to play a black character. Uh, po- poking fun and, like, obviously saying that ignorant, dumbass actors thinks, think that's okay while still doing it. So it's this sort of cyclical thing of... It's, like, it's you meta blackface. Yeah, which is still a problem. It, it's, it's not not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the intent is wholesome. Yes, but the outcome is still still blackface. yes you, yes. That's a really good way of putting it. That no matter what you want to do with something, if you have to portray it, it's like, well, there's that thing that you yep. were going to do, and now we have to we have to look at it and and see what we think of it. And of course, it's different to films from like the jazz singer like a hundred years ago where Al Jolson put on blackface or like Mickey Rooney <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. I know yeah, that's the infamous always, example. Yep. You know, movies like this. Well and also can I talk about my childhood Please my do. grade six play. Yeah. Where we uh, I grew up in Tasmania, a very uh, predominantly white uh area. For the last we, few hundred years it has been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mostly. And uh we did a play about like segregation in the South of America. I was in grade six and we sang I'm not going to do it right now, but we sang a song. Is, was about it Zippity Doodah? Freedom. It was Calypso Freedom. Freedom's coming and it won't take Oh, long. really? Which I just weird. assumed it would have been because I mean, Song of the South has that Zippity Doodah, Zippity Doodah. I don't think, I think it was like a makeshift musical. This I don't feels know like an on. oversight from someone who chose well, this. Well, then, then let's what, be. So, what, what year was this? All rehearsals. Oh, 1996. Or, uh, seven. or not an oversight. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, not that long ago. It was but weird, I definitely. let's let let's bad choice. We did our rehearsals. We did everything. We get to stage. We're at a church. Which How is, tight was the curry? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course, it was very tight. I was doing it. I'm a dancer. Um, and so then we get to show night, and they're like, "All right, guys, come get your costumes and makeup on." We're like, "Makeup? What's going on?" And we have a tub of Vegemite, and they just painted. S- some of you may be ahead of Frank here. All of our faces <laughs> with the Vegemite. Mm. And that was how we went on to stage to portray 
the the slaves. That's, That's horrendous. Absolutely insane. It's yeah. insane. How does it's that? It's crazy happen? that that would happen. Um, it does speak to I think I guess the isolationism that takes place, especially outside of America. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the footage of the uh, people in blackface who perform on the Australian talent show that Harry Connick Jr. came over from America to judge. What, Australian Idol just now? No. Oh, I think it was oh. on Hey Hey. It was on Red Face. Maybe it was on Hey Hey. I don't know. I've seen the footage and it's an Australian group hmm. who all put on blackface and perform and the crowd's cheering and this can't have been more than, like I would say, the most 20 years ago. I recall maybe, this. Maybe like 15, 16 years ago and Harry Connick Jr. is just like, I can't believe you guys think this would be okay. It's wild to me. And they're all like, no, 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 we mean it with love. And he's like, it's different down here. Like, yeah. it's crazy that I can come here and, and you would do this. Wow. Um, I'm sure we all got really not to get on a tear about this, but I'm sure we all went to school with people who were like, I'm going to dress up as Michael Jordan because he's my hero. And you're like, how are you going to do that? And there were some people who made very silly decisions thinking that they were being you know, they were doing a gesture of, of their idolization to someone. And, of yeah, course, yeah, it's foolish agreed. and silly. Blackface is gross and awful. Robert yep. Downey Jr. is pretty funny in this movie. <laughs> so those two things coexist, yeah. you know. It's a strange little paradox. It came in at a time where I think this was on the cusp of where, you know, we became the PC planet that we are now and, and people were really speaking up for what's right. And I think that this just snuck in before everything was really like, Put on standstill, like it's brought to a halt. Absolutely, and it's so strange. Like going back and looking at the the media of the time, being like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. speaks about how Jamie Fox called him was like, "You've got to do it, man! It's hilarious. Who gives a fuck?" Like, you know, he gets endorsed by you know his friend who happens to be black, Jamie Fox. It's like, yeah, one person saying that is fine. But that's not the actual consensus. Of course sure. not. And it's not like they're going to put a poll out together. No, no exactly. even so. No culture is a monolith. You can ask anyone. There, to add to that, I think he debuted some of it for the NAACP yeah. as well. And that's a lot of those uh, sort of members had a lot of positive things to say about it. But, like, at the end of the day... Um, this, it works. It, it <laughs> certainly funny. works in the sense that, for me, I don't know if you guys agree with this, I don't find too much of what he specifically says funny probably just because of his commitment and his, like, bug-eyed intensity, it's pretty funny. But, like, I don't have a lot of lines of his that I'm like, oh, that's a great line, that's a great line. Are people's, you for people's real? People's reaction to him is funnier to me. The best like line in his the- back Survive. Really? Say again. What Survive. Yes. That's yes, stuff amazing. like that. Yeah. I've written these lines down. Of his? That good. Well, I think Brandon T. Jackson and his dynamic is very They're funny. very good. And then together. he almost sure. becomes funnier right at the end of the movie when he becomes the Australian guy again. And I'm like, oh. some of that stuff is so funny to me. But I, I have to admit, watching it today, and it wasn't a like, this is problematic. I was just like, <laughs> I don't think he has too many lines or moments that are too funny in the vacuum. But and it is the movie around him that allows it to kind and of... And they do call it out in the film constantly. several times. Yes. So they're very self-aware. Um, but this is still his writing though, right? Like... And Justin Thoreau and Eaton Cohen. Yes, right. Justin, Justin Thoreau. Thoreau. For well, anyone who doesn't know, is the uh, one sleeveless. of the villains in Charlie's Angels 2. Yep. I'm going to kill them. <laughs> Just so you can hear them scream. That's his Irish accent. Oh, You're all very God. welcome. That was good. Thank That's you. the best Irish accent you've ever done. I know. I really. But <laughs> still, as, still as intentionally setting this up as satire and it's to send up Hollywood and yeah. like to really, really pull it apart. And it's it's clever, you, but he's he's committing to it, I think. This is he where could I have done it. He could have done it another way. No, I agree. Like, no, the, no, no, no. I Completely but that's right. absolutely the point. It Again, is. if this was he's made taken today, the piss out of absolutely not. This no. would never have gotten aired. But he's taking the piss out of music music stars who go into film and can't act. Um, yeah, you know, action stars who are just dumbasses absolutely. and can't cry. And absolutely, every sort of he's you know everyone t- cops it, yes. which is I think a beautiful thing. It's yeah. why we love this movie. You're I mean, talking. It's not just four guys who like grew up with it or whatever. I know plenty of people my age who didn't like this movie, and they didn't find it funny because they're like. I don't I don't enjoy the riff on Hollywood is so far up its own ass that it's unbearable. Mm-hmm. And of course we love that. We think that's hilarious that it keeps and we get the references to I know who that's meant to be. Yeah. And I yeah. love how they're talking about not breaking character. The the talk about like never going fully too far if you're going to play a certain like a person of uh, a mental disability. Like that scene to me I don't find as funny now as I used to. It's still a good bit of like satire. And it's like the the bit I find most frustrating about it out of anything is that its own logic doesn't work. He brings up two (laughs) actors who won and then he brings up Peter Sellers. And I'm like, Peter Sellers didn't win. So that's a bad argument. Like, what are you talking about? But like, like, anyway, it's it's true. No, no, it's very true. But it is a point of like anyone who plays um, 
someone like a historical figure or someone with a disability, they're going to win the Oscar. It's true. like that's historically how you've sort of seen it happen, and that's just poking fun. You guys see at the right. end when uh, Ben Stiller's up for the Academy Award, yes. and it's like Tom Hanks in a wheelchair crossing a finish line. <laughs> like something. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is playing a blind guy. No, is it's him? Sean Penn. Oh, Sean and Penn's Sean right. Penn's like got his hands. It's like, and then it's John Voight. I don't even know who he's meant to be, but then he's in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, he was game. But like, yeah, it's it's funny. It's a good satire on American uh, intent and and the way that these like overreaches. And it's like, of mm. course, what's the biggest overreach in our culture possible? Blackface. And it is no, skewering and absolutely. it's funny. Definitely. In this is way. interesting because we've all scored this quite highly or very highly, in fact. Um, and yeah, I agree. Like everyone that I know, my circles, mm. hate this film. Ah. Like I don't know many people that like this movie and I think whether they misunderstood its point and just saw it at, at surface level of trying to be a comedy and they were – I can don't understand, understand at that point yep. why it wasn't funny. Very unfunny, in fact, if you've missed the point. Well, if you don't get the references and, and what it's playing on, then how are you going to get That's it? That's it. Yeah. And I think we've established too that – How serious people the, take making films and the art of filmmaking. It's like, whoa. Yeah. And we, way un, too serious. Underneath it all hmm. – Every bit of writing pays off. Something as simple as, I'm looking at your face on the back cover of Vanity Fair magazine. The panda and he's holding a panda. Oh. Later in the film, you are we a have rock a panda. Star. Yep. It, things that pay off. Um, uh, Nick Nolte is the so-called veteran. Yes. who then we find out is a fraud. But then he still becomes a hero at the end anyway with his flamethrower. Like everything pays off. Yeah, there, there isn't a loose thread no. in this film. It's good storytelling, even just starting with the helicopter attack and everything and then having the final attack mirror everything that happens. Yeah. It's very yeah. good. Um, I agree. I think that the panda bear attack is maybe the funniest smash cut in the whole film <laughs> after he's just been screaming <laughs> to die. That it's I, just a, it's, it's a so intense. It's like so ben intense. Going he for directs it. this very well. He does I'm going to disagree. That, that oh, sorry. scene, I, I have to, I have to. That scene, it is, oh. it is perfect because you have oh. Ben Stiller in his little hut watching the episode Arena of the Star Trek, the original series, where <laughs> Kirk is fighting the Gorn. I was waiting for 20 seconds yes. later, he has to fight for his own life to <laughs> yes. survive. Like, that so perfectly mirrors in 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 a, a minute. But I'm so glad you said that because I was like waiting for the revelation. Like, why is it that scene? Yeah. Like, William it's, Shatner it's, fighting a It's the famous, yeah, fighting, yeah. fighting the Gorn Very famous. Scene. I yeah. had no idea. Seminal episode. <laughs> of course. I know it because of the Family Guy episode where the young kid brings it into the detention class and points out all the flaws and inconsistencies in it. That's all I know about it. Go on, Shatner, is this something? Shatner, is this something? Um, this is probably my least favourite scene in the whole film. The panda bear? Yeah. This was, no, I know, and now I feel like I'm being... What's your favourite scene? Now, now you're all staring at oh me. My Stop God. it. <laughs> um, no, I think this is the only time in the film where I kind of went, I kind of groaned and was like, Ugh, it's like a slapstick Ben Stiller moment. I was like, I didn't need this. It felt like, you jokey jokester, you know, like the most Zoolander, um, uh, what's another one? Uh, dodgeball sort of Ben Stiller. Anchorman. Oh, An oh, sure. Well, he's not in Anchorman. Yeah, well, he well, is. He is, he actually. Is. actually. He is. My bad. He is. Wow, um, we all just yelled. Yeah, I know, right? He's Sorry, guys. Well, he's, he's playing... Yeah, he's playing um, a very Mexican? racial... Yeah. Oh. yeah. A racially Maybe incorrect. Ben Stiller's a racist. Maybe that's what we're discovering. Can we um, just chuck allegedly on top of a lot of I things? Said maybe, yeah. I said maybe. <laughs> so ben, maybe. It's, it's a question of It's legally tighter if you go allegedly. Ben, we know you're listening. For that, we're sorry. But, yes, I didn't enjoy... That moment as much. Okay. As you That's three a shame. Obviously, that's did. a shame. Well, um, I'll, I'll say why my score is lower than all yours, which is basically that. And I watched this probably as many times as you guys did. When forty-five. We times. were all young. Uh, <laughs> what's up with you and forty-five? Anyway. So many times I counted. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved it when I was younger. I obsessed over. It. I thought it was great. And the bit that I always just kind of would skip over when I was a kid, or leave the room, leave the DVD playing, and then come back is the first after the the battle and then Steve Coogan gets blown up. Probably like the 30 <laughs> minutes after that, I don't think are very strong. I think it's very meandering. I don't think there's a lot of funny bits in them just kind of like wandering around and like trying to work out what to do and the little power struggle between Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Stiller. That whole section, I was just kind of watching it today going, Ugh, this is really flat. And then the second Matthew McConaughey goes to Tom Cruise... And they get the call from uh, Flaming Dragon, Flaming Dragon <laughs> yeah. and Tom Cruise goes off on them. 
everything from there on. I think it's Why really funny. Why don't you fuck your yeah. own face? <laughs> yes. Hangs up the phone and says to his aide, can you find out who that was? Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> after the second time, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Claps. <laughs> I love the scene where um, Tom Cruise is yelling at Steve Coogan where he's like, you can't, you're blowing up, you've shit the money bed, my friend. And then he's like, where's the key grip? Where's the key grip? The key grip comes up and sm- <laughs> it's such a, such a good punch. It yeah. looks brutal. Very funny, Steve Coogan knows how to take it. <laughs> yes. It also, was. I liked his monologue before he dies. Yeah. Let's go and make the greatest war movie ever. Boom. He like, sells it. He goes, um, cell phones. And he's like, oh, I ain't got no, no cell phones in the 60s, man. Uh, I'm ahead to tell legit. <laughs> I just this jumped on it. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no Chris Angel, man, freak. Goddamn. I'm sorry to See, go back on the very quotable. He's very so quotable. quotable. I think I think that he yells like those things there where he's talking about Steve Coogan, yeah, but most of the time it's stuff like, like you said, survive. Like when he yells that. Rustle <laughs> yeah. up some of them greens. And then when he's Crawl doing the bit out. with that, that's it. To me, that bit's funny because of Al Pacino's reaction. You're Australian. Be Australian. What, like, what makes it for thing. me is the line before. He's like, oh, as a saucier down in San Antonio. That wouldn't be in the script. But he has dug <laughs> yeah, back as the is, actor and gone, what is my backstory? Sure. Yes. 100%. I don't He's read the script. The script read me. Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? No, one, no wonder he was nominated for an Oscar. It's the yes. only Oscar nom for the film and uh, I think he deserves it. True. It I'm was... surprised he lost. Also, he doesn't drop character until the DVD commentary. Let's not forget. He's That's true. Like you watch the DVD with a commentary. He's yep. in character. He's in until, character. Until the credits roll and then he changes back to Robert Downey. Head Danny. to toe legit. That's Thomas. pretty it's crazy. A good bit. I wonder if he wore blackface during the DVD commentary. If they were like, I don't know. If you Try just, and stop him. Oh. Um, the uh, bit about Robert Downey Jr. is that he allegedly, and I don't know if he does this anymore, Method might be going a bit far, but he is known for sort of living the character that he's playing and adopting it and sticking with it between takes. So very funny to me that the movie's going like, look at this dedicated wanker asshole and Ben Stiller would call cut and he'd still just be walking around doing that. <laughs> like, this is it. This is who I am. So got to do what it takes to get the, the shot. That's it. Uh, I think that's very funny. Um, I think it's a shame having watched the trailer I know we already talked a lot about Jack Black, but the trailer for the fatties at the start that we uh, missed what could have been Jack Black's The Whale. I think that really would have been an interesting uh, opportunity, but say la vie. Do you know, actually, that is one of my favourite scenes in the film is when Jack Black begs them to tie him to the tree oh, and right. then immediately begs to be, to be let loose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny yes. because there's just, they're running balls. a full scene behind him and in the background it's just him just being like, okay, guys, okay, I was joking. Okay, you need to cut me loose now. Hey, you know, we're way back. I called your mother a cantankerous whore. I didn't mean it, man. It's good. It's good. Very funny. His, suck your dick. I'll suck your his dick. His accent is my favourite in the movie when the movie's rolling. And he's just like, you know what I'm going to do when I get out of here? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Brooklyn and I'm going to do this. I was like, whoa, Jack Black. Just mainlining he's got tobacco. He's tattooed to his ass. Yeah. I think that's the biggest jump for a character in that is literally you see him in the fatties and next minute he's doing like hardcore Sold like um uh, you know sergeant yes it's a massive jump and you can't massive. understand a word of what he or Robert Downey Jr. are saying in that <laughs> opening bit even I put the subtitles on and I was like it's better without him it's funny and not knowing don't the first half on. hour you're like I don't know what's happening yeah you just don't follow the action. pretend you had to put the subtitles just on Tom occasionally I'll put for, them on for context viewers Tom always has subtitles on. Marcus never does. Marcus doesn't. Marcus he never. Doesn't. Marcus refuses. No <laughs> matter what. No matter what. Marcus can't read, so that makes sense. And I have respect for the English language. I'm sorry. Never understood a single foreign film I've seen. Never understood a single word he said. We always had a mighty fine time. You just, last time I saw you open a book, you just yelled and threw it across the room. Where are the pictures? <laughs> it was a. Bible. Those are funny looking drawings. They're all so little. Can I say I would have given this film a ten, but. Al Pacino's back and forth with Downey Jr. He uses the kangaroo jack joke Ugh. twice. He does. I don't like that and either. Greats. Greats on me. It's so, also, because Australians don't even get it. Yeah. I think Al, kangaroo- Pac- Al Pacino's the weakest in the group. Would you agree? Just. But just? I kind of think kind of makes sense as the rapper come in. Mm-hmm. You can kind of justify it in your head in yeah. that way. He's out of his element, but I would still agree. His dialogue's not as, as fun and he just kind of annoys me. He's a, a bit while. one note. Yeah. I, whereas it, everyone else at is points, so... I feel like he's a device to um, reflect Downey's behaviour, basically. Yeah. 
But I, I genuinely, I don't think it would be like a bad movie without. I think it would be a far less effective movie without him. Sure. If he's not there to pull up what Robert Downey Jr. is doing, Absolutely. the movie struggles. Oh no, I agree. Definitely. So and I think it's that. way funnier. And every time one of the lines that has you know been immortalized in this movie, and one of the and again, it's a moment of like what Robert Downey Jr. says is kind of funny to me anyway. And then what Brandon T. Jackson says is hilarious when he's like, what do you mean, you people? Like, what do you mean, you people? Like that is a great line. Really funny. There's a good Very comic good. beat in there yes, too. Yes, yeah. I do love Absolutely. that. Oh, speaking of comic beats, my God, when Steve Coogan blows up and his limbs are raining down for like 20 seconds and no one does anything and then Jack Black's just Woo! like, yeah! <laughs> like, that cut just, like, well, that shot doesn't cut. It's great. It's funny. They really stick Very with it. Funny. I think Ben Still is a pretty good director on that. Like, yeah. he knows when to hold. He's like, he keeps it moving. I think he's um, underrated. He's yeah. very Although confident with the money. I haven't seen um, Walter Schmitty. I've seen Walter, Walter Mitty. Schmitty. <laughs> I think it's the one. That's- Schmitty, Schmitz Creek. <laughs> what's, his, what's his new show, Severance? Severance? Yes. And oh. it's very good. And his episodes specifically, because he doesn't direct the whole thing, but he directs oh. the first the half created or so. By, that- created by and directs a lot of it. It's No, actually, I don't think he created it. It's created by another gentleman whose name I can't remember. But Ben Stiller is like an executive producer and director. And Interesting. it's wonderful. And he's mm. really, really got an effective like genre hold on that like dystopian thing. I'd be keen to so watch different that. Because I, I like him as a director better sure. than an actor. He does the Zoolander thing very well as well um, in that movie where he's using sort of very glossy and then also really psychedelic shit in that movie in a way that's quite funny. Um, in, like Zoolander is an example I find... Well, not, sorry, uh, Dodgeball, for example. I find everyone's reaction to the absurdity of his characters yeah. much funnier than his actual character. Well, he in Dodgeball, it's weird because, like, everyone else seems to be set in reality, whereas he yeah. is, like, this larger than life. I don't know if you know this, Frank, because there's guy? a pirate in Dodgeball. <laughs> I don't know if everyone's Steve's set in reality. reality. Yeah, but he's got a mental illness, <laughs> Okay, it seems. He's Who's Steve the Pirate? Yar! <laughs> oh, there's Steve Who am I going to split this buried treasure with? <laughs> <laughs> Did Ben Stiller... Direct that. He didn't direct Dodgeball, did he? No. 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 I don't think so. There no. is the the shot whenever there's a helicopter in this film, mm-hmm. the, the shots in the landscape with the chopper, I know it's a horrible juxtaposition and what it reflects is abhorrent, mm-hmm. but my God, they know how to shoot it beautifully. It looks stunning, doesn't it? And it looks yeah. so epic. It like mm, feels like an incredibly epic film, and then you sort of go down into the weeds of the comedy and you're like, what am I? And then it was again, you're like, yeah, it's a multi million dollar film. Because whilst parodying really great war films, it also like in, in paying homage to as well, it mm-hmm. really just takes what's so great about all those war films like Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now, Platoon, mm. especially when he does this Platoon, uh, Willem uh, Dafoe getting twice, shot like 100, yeah. <laughs> which makes it getting very hard to take that scene seriously. <laughs> you gotta as teach someone. you how to juggle. <laughs> um, but I agree, like, like cinematically, just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. To look at this, at. the scene at the end where Stiller has gone crazy. And he's chatting with Robert Downey Jr. and his face is in shadow. I'm like, I know exactly why that's there, but you've still done it beautifully. Yes, yeah. it's a really nice. He he's very good at like the he's using a lighting technique in in that scene called chiaroscuro lighting, which is so <laughs> easy to fuck yourself. It is so easy to <laughs> those two are laughing. I am transfixed. Yeah, this is a serious moment. Frank couldn't handle it. Which is like the, the very long story of it is that like if you go back to like certain Renaissance painters like Rembrandt and stuff like that, they were using these sort of stark contrasts and stuff. The only reason and I laugh is because that's referenced in a Homestar Runner sketch. Is that true? Can I use some chiaroscuro shading? <laughs> Someone Random. saying chiaroscuro with that voice <laughs> is inherently always. <laughs> that's why I laughed. Yeah, we get some chiaroscuro in it. That, but that's how I, I know, know what it is. <laughs> anyway. um, but yes, and it's the way that he he gets that sort of thing, the, the, like the Godfather opener sort of thing with, on the guy who's telling the story to Don Corleone. And it always looks great. And you're right. The, I'd forgotten how he shot that scene when Robert Downey Jr. comes in and you're like, oh, man, that's so great. Well, yeah, I think uh, he has such a, such a wide film like vocabulary because mm-hmm. obviously there's all of those references, all the Wolfram references, and then he's got Chaplin reference, like re- referencing Robert Downey Jr.'s Chaplin where he's taken off his makeup after he's done the Simple Jack play mm. and it's like shot for shot yeah. the start of Chaplin where he's yeah. taken off the Charlie Chaplin makeup. I did like, not know that. That's yeah. fantastic. And I was like, oh, oh, I can smell a pal being thrown. Which is, specifically that by itself is definitely worth it. The waters, like but also oh, that's it. <laughs> I want to quickly, I've got a, I've got a bit here. But... Um, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for an Oscar as well for Chaplin and for this, and he lost to Heath Ledger 
in as the Joker in The Dark Knight. Okay. Fair. And Heath Ledger, I don't know if you know, he's got he's got white on his face. <sighs> oh. <Does> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we could cut that bit. But Hashtag. It's valid. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's just it's when, it's when, it's when there's a like car crash and the cars are going to hit you. <laughs> like yeah. you're standing in the intersection. Yeah. You're like, I better play this out and but, see what happens. Yeah, but also, yeah, you had a minute to step away from the yeah, car, but like, you let them oh, hit I could, you. But I'm going to fucking let them. You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> the Oscars is interesting because Heath Ledger won. He was never not going to win. For listeners, I'm sure had they to. know. Uh, Heath Ledger won a posthumous Oscar for The Dark Knight. Uh, but uh, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. presented the award at, as in, they had five actors on stage that year who had won Best Supporting Actor previously. So you've got uh, Alan Arkin, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., a few other people. Uh, oh, Kevin Klein, I think. Yeah, I think Kevin Klein does Heath Ledger's bit. And anyway, Cuba Gooding Jr. reads what Robert Downey Jr. does in the movie. And at the end, he's like, What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> like he's just like, how's it going? And like, I've got to work. <laughs> Why are you taking the work away? Um, but yeah, it was Heath Ledger. Uh, it was Philip Seymour Hoffman for Doubt. Uh, I doubt oof, it. You doubt it? I think it was Michael Shannon for Revolutionary Road and uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder. And there's another one in there that I can't remember. But you I'll, could have just named five <laughs> actors. We went, yeah, yeah sounds that right. 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 I don't have right. time to check it. But that's right. Uh, Go it's the long way crazy. around. You guys are very welcome. <laughs> Uh, that was I had, really some, good. I had something else to say. No, no. Well, we I, haven't talked about our talk about um, my not favorite? friend of the pod. Oh, who? Tom Cruise. Oh, love that guy. Because we love to shit on this guy and we haven't even spoken about how this is, in my opinion, one of the two best performances he's ever given. It is very good. It's you up there love with, cocktail. It's almost as good you? as Rock of Ages. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Magnolia. I think this sits up there with my two favorite Cruise performances, Magnolia and this. I like his giant hands in this. So much hair. Uncomfortably hairy. And this, he's got this little prosthetic, so his arms are massive. He looks like um, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Like at the end they obviously let him have his little dance sequence through the credits and whatnot, and I think that was like a, hey, Tom, we want everyone to remember that you can be likeable when you want to be. Um, maybe just impro some dance here. And just well, I, as a reminder, no one make eye contact with Tom Cruise. <laughs> no direct eye contact. It's like I don't have to. I just look straight ahead. I won't. But no, but that's that's what it came from in the makeup test. That's what happened. He started dancing. Uh, and they went, there it is. There I it is. had to wear a mullet once uh, back at uni for had a, to, a scene yeah. and I immediately developed a heroin addiction mm-hmm. and bought a That'll pickup happen. truck. So it's just kind of like, you know, you explore your options suddenly when you've got different things going on with your body. <laughs> and that's how I became a tutor. And that's explore it. Your options. <laughs> explore your options. I might try heroin today yeah. and then I'll do this monologue and then I'll cut my hair. <laughs> um, Tom so Cruise is obviously a big Jewish producer. Something we should talk about in this movie is it's not like just... Is playing. Is playing a character who's very much modelled on, look at this guy, like Les Grossman. And is he's it not like, a... It's a Weinstein, right? Uh, maybe it's a Weinstein, maybe. whatever it is. It's just like, a gross example. And Ben well, Stiller is a gross you know, man. A, yeah. And uh, Ben Stiller is a Jewish guy and, you know, he's obviously like playing around with that as well. But it's we shouldn't just... Because we did spend like 10 minutes on it, the blackface with Robert Downey Jr., which, which is necessary on some level. But like we haven't even talked about Simple Jack, which like <laughs> there are people who would watch this movie and go, that movie's so controversial <laughs> and awful. I can't believe you like it. And you're like, oh, the blackface. And they're like, oh, I forgot about the blackface. But there's this bit yeah, about not, this person yeah. with this handicap. And then there's this bit about the fact that, you know, even if you want to dig deeper, <laughs> the presentation of like people in Laos, like, like uh, people in Southeast Asia are like heroin, heroin barons fun. in the middle of a jungle and somewhere. A and it's like, that yeah. seems unlikely now. But it's a broad movie. Everything is getting lampooned in this movie. You know, there's no... Yeah, it's like a national sort of... No, that is down there's no physicality. <laughs> but this is what I mean. <laughs> you know, you know, Fuck, yeah. It's beautiful. I think it that Stiller really committed to it. Like if they went half in on this, the backlash would have been horrendous. It's actually true that you kind of have to go. If we are going to make this decision that is going to be... Yeah. If it was just kind of like... Let's have a scene where the character wears blackface for a, a minute or two. Yep. Everyone decides it's a bad idea and moves. That would be the entire talk of the movie. But instead, if you're like, he has surgery and the, he's black now, it's like, mm, okay, shit. The star I power, the star power yeah. in this film alone is monstrous as well. Yes. There are so many cameos and so many big names. For not one of them to turn around and go, actually, this can't go up. Like everyone was in on it. And they everyone's were like, yeah, ready to poke fun of themselves. Yeah, yes. let's do it's it. Like, okay. And the read, you know, like the table read must have been hilarious and also mm. very like 
All right, guys, just so you know, this is happening. Yep. Um, yeah. Sorry, you've got a mic in front of you. I did, try sorry, that. I just I wanted to have <laughs> full view of you. Right. I've been um, doing that all session. I've been over here a lot of the time. I apologize. <laughs> no, stereo. Yeah, I'm drunk. <laughs> the the people, uh, Flaming Dragon loving Simple Jack is one of the best gags in the movie as well. Very, very funny. I have a story about that. Please tell Strangely, me. I, uh, I don't want to brag, but I used to, I worked in an orphanage for a little while. Um, Hold for applause. No. And was in <laughs> well, Indonesia. Well, he grew up there and then they had to give him a job. <laughs> Nobody wanted poor little Frank. That's where we did the show. Why you does stick- it smell like Vegemite? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I was in this. It was just like a month of teaching English uh, in an orphanage in Indonesia. Um, and they had one DVD in their whole little uh, compound housing area. And that was it Jurassic was, Park 3. If only. No, <laughs> it was the second half of George of the Jungle. And that's the only DVD they had. Wait, what do you mean it was the second half? It was the half. second half of the movie. Like <laughs> someone's done a bad rip and put it in two halves and the second half is the only thing they had and they would like watch it all the time. They're like, watch our movie with us. And I was like, I love this. Oh, no, we're halfway. Oh, okay. It's over. It was so strange. And then seeing them have Simple Jack on VHS, I was like, I've been there. This is so sad. Something rings true on some level, especially yeah. in like the idea of the mid 2000s where, you know, we were still, I mean, no one had a smartphone even. Yeah, know. but like widespread internet and, and da- download yes. and streaming. And then yeah, so if you're going exist. provincial sort of areas uh, within you Southeast Asia and whatnot, you know, it's it's tricky. The first thing uh, Frank did when he got home, bought George of the Jungle and watched it in full and yes. then put it on and a watched, shelf. I thought, <laughs> watched the first half and was like, I got the second part memorised basically. Underrated treasure. I thought you were going to say, and then I sent them a present. No, no of course not. No, no, no. You could have, as an acting exercise, every day come up with a new start to that movie and you could have been like, all right, how did George get in this situation? So one time it's like... He's an oil tycoon who's found himself in the middle of the jungle somehow. Or another time it could be like, you know, he was cast away with his friend Wilson. Don't look that up. And then he was <laughs> they like, they they, these phones. kids don't know any of these movies. You he could was be frozen like, in well, the ice you got to understand this guy's name's Harry and there's a girl called Sally. And, like, you could just do all this shit. They wouldn't know. Finding Nemo. I just, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I could have done any of that. <laughs> Why would I have done that? You're right. I can't. What were you I, there for again? To teach them English. Charity work. <laughs> Being a decent person. Let's move Yeah, on. so not to make my acting better. Is that what that was? Uh, yeah, I guess. We, uh, yeah. we digress once again. I don't know if we can I do talk that. about my, <laughs> my favourite line in the movie is when um, when they're planning how they're going to rescue Ben Stiller so they're up at camp around the campfire they're talking about like throwing out ideas and then Jack Black's like, hey, um, I don't know if you know, remember this movie I did for Skinamax back in, the, back in whatever it is. Like, uh, it's called Sex Camp. Remember it? Yeah. Anyway, and it's like, no, we don't remember your Skinamax movie <laughs> called Sex Camp. Like, but he's so confident. But Kevin Sandusky does. He's like, it cuts to him and he's like, yeah. Can, can um, we say, though, that Kevin is clearly a Tom Butler? A hundred percent. And we will yeah. come back to that as we've dropped our bit of no. who would you play in this? I would be Kevin. Oh, okay. But anyway. Go. He's a good straight Sorry, man, actually. He plays a very good straight man. In he's really good in this. Yeah. Mm. I like him. But you were saying you've been. I'm sorry, Frank. We interrupted. That's the whole bit. But it's like, and then he like rattles off the, <laughs> the plan. <laughs> he rattles off the comedy. He's like, we get together and we like get a bunch of underwear and we make a catapult and we sling over next door and then it just cuts to them all and they're like, fuck. Anyway, like, <laughs> and, totally. and he's like, what? Yeah, he's like, he's well, you shoot me down. Such a good idea. But no, um, Jay uh, Bruchel, and when there's the scene where clearly he was given the direction, hey, you're going to be walking with Robert Downey Jr. Just talk some nerdy shit. And he's like, well, you know, there are two different ways it could have gone. It could have gone with like DVD or Blu-ray, but you know, whichever way porno goes. But then with a PlayStation, he's like, you've been talking to me this whole time. That was, <laughs> that that was pretty good. Yeah. It sounded just like Jay good. was here. He's, he's, he he's not a bad room. kid. He's a bit underrated. Wasn't that the same? Oh, yeah. um, you hang out much? <laughs> <laughs> How to train your Tom. That, isn't that the same <laughs> argument with VHS and Super 8? Which yeah. yeah. Max. Yes, and yeah. that's what Boogie Nights is about. Ah. But we digress. We do. Also, porn stars? <laughs> what do you mean? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is about porn stars? Or yeah. A, like- in some ways. Depends how you watch it. It's been a while. It's a metaphor. Boogie I, um, Marcus. No, it's all right. <laughs> I'm going to make a very valid point because I was thinking well, we'll, a lot about we'll this. We'll determine if it's we'll come And we'll circle back to who we would play in this film. I think that's a good way to sort of um, polish it. I'd be Matthew McConaughey. I just want to say it. Of course you would. God, we could have said that. Please don't, take, anyway. please don't take this as offensive. Oh, but I saw you as Les Jack Black. Oh, damn it. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. That's, how would that be offensive? Fart humor. I mean yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Have I you got any fart would. noises? I don't know, offhand? 
Oh yeah, there we go. No. And that wasn't his mouth. Off the cuff. Yeah, that was that was his hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you asked for. Um, no, I thought a lot about this film because again, I, I knew we would come into the room and this would be controversial. We would have to touch on the controversial topics. Um, but I'd want to know what your thoughts are on, like, the way that comedy is evolving as we've gone on because it's very well established that like comedy from like the 50s 60s let's be honest 70s and 80s and I don't know about the 90s I think that's where things started to change but they could get away with almost anything right like it, it, very insensitive and not overly self-aware it's just like hey we find this funny and it's going to be racially um you know offensive and fuck it like who's going to come at us you know mm. um nowadays I think you've still got like those very few comedians like uh, Ricky Gervais. Um, who, who's the famous comedian? That Anthony does? Jeselnik. Nah, yeah, Bill uh, Jeselnik. Burr? Yeah, Bill, Bill Burr. Like, there's a few around. Um, I wrote one down as well. Hang on, I want to forget because he's actually Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr. And Ben Stiller, I think, like they're still willing to cross boundaries to a degree, mm. and it's but it's more nowadays without the thought behind it. It's like high risk, high reward. Where where do you think this is? Like, where do you draw the line now, basically, with comedy? Like, can, again, we can Tropic Thunder be made today? Or, you know, I mean, there's people ranting about, like, okay, all of a sudden gay people are saying that they you, a straight person cannot play a gay person uh, or represent them in film. That's now a, a conversation topic. So my rant, <laughs> there's a point to this, is where do actors stop being allowed to be able to act, to perform? I think it's a really interesting question. I feel like you're referencing the Taron Egerton playing Elton John and the guy from White Lotus who wants to play George Michael or and, talks uh, to play George Michael. And Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think there should be a lot more opportunity given to people in, um, I guess, marginalised groups. I feel like their point is more valid than we will ever really understand as four straight white men. Kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, definitely actors should be able to act, but I feel like it's a very tricky conversation to be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm famous, so I'm going to play the role. It's like, well, give someone else a go. Sure. But to back on your other point about comedy, I feel like comedy is a different conversation to that. I feel like a lot of comedians these days are scared to make jokes and maybe either they're scared to make the jokes and try and cross the line not sure how to make the joke or they're too dumb to make the joke sm- like smart. That's such a bad way of explaining it, but you know what I mean? Like no, someone like right. Ricky Gervais yeah. makes a joke that is horrendously offensive, very aware the whole time what he's saying is going to offend people. But he goes, well, the comedy's funny. And it's, I think a lot of pure comedians have always said this. It's like, it doesn't matter who you're offending or what you're offending. As long as the joke's well-structured and well-written, it's fine. Whatever you say, like obviously not whatever you say, but the general rule for comedians is as long as it's funny and you're saying it on stage, you're kind of safe. Do you think that'll die out? Do you think that that's... No. Okay. I think it all it comes and goes in waves. Sure. And I feel like we're in a very aware uh, period where people are learning a lot and, and understanding a lot and, and listening hopefully as well, but it'll sort of swing back the other way at a point as well. Cool. I think it'll just keep, like, it'll be a pendulum. That's my two Was you know four straight white men taken? Did we have to go with throwing the pal? <laughs> just checking. Yeah, no, we could have gone like, with Menage Blah. Menage Blah would have been great. Yeah. Uh, everyone can vote for it online. At we, our on, our, on our Twitter. I have a tiny bit to add if we, but no, which please. I know it feels I, like we've gotten more into this in this episode than we've ever gotten into anything this sort of We're way. We're very sure. serious gentlemen. I know, right? Yeah. I'm sure, Chris, you'll have some things to add as well. Um, my one especially, could you make Tropic Thunder today? I don't think you need to because it exists in the same way like with Blazing Saddles. And it's like because someone made that movie, that was a mo- an inflection point of like, right, well, what is funny or offensive or whatever about that and where do we go on from that point? But if someone today was like, I want to make a movie about an actor who's so committed they do blackface, it's like, but we've done that. Like if you want to try and come up with if, – if the question is whether blackface is ever viable as a comedy, I, I don't know, but – um, there's one example amongst stand-up comedians that I think is interesting um, who's Dave Chappelle. And I think that he's definitely someone who I think is representing that sort of nexus right now between like you can't say anything, you get cancelled, you know, what are you meant to say? And there was a comedian you guys I'm sure are familiar with called George Carlin 
whose whole thing was saying things that were offensive and pushing against social mores, but also always having his aim at like, hey, there are people with power and with uh, sort of a, there's a hierarchy in this world. And it's always funnier and more meaningful to point at the guys up the top. And if you turn and point at the guys down the bottom, it's like it, you can make a cheap joke and, and get a quick laugh, but I don't know if it's too effective. And Dave Chappelle uh, really, really doesn't like trans people and brings Elon Musk out at his shows. And I'm like, that's the opposite of what it should be, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. It's like you should be making fun of that guy. He's the wealthiest man in the world. He doesn't need you. Like, like make fun of him. And so then when I do, you know, these, there's a lot of these comedians who are going, you can't even say this about this group anymore or this about that group. You can say what you want. You're going to get money. You're going to get an audience. Like no one, none of these people we've talked about who say controversial things have ever been even close to cancelled. No, like they get headlines that they Bill Burr and Ricky like Gervais and all this get on stage and go, regardless of how much you like them, a lot of their stuff can sometimes be, you're not even allowed to say this anymore. And then they say it and it's like, but you just said it. So yeah. like, I don't know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this movie is an artifact in a lot of ways and it's kind of unique and remarkable that it's still funny in, in all the things it does. And again, I think that's just because it's lambasting the excess of American entertainment and yep. actors and but i think stuff. that's that's the that's the line of comedy like a joke will stand the test of time yes. regardless of social context or politi- pol- like politics around it anything like that if it's funny it's going to be funny and i don't like i don't think you you can't defend the blackface we're never going to do that but it is funny and you sort of go ah and like you said it is uh, the infraction point in fucking out <laughs> that's a in good society, word in society where you go <laughs> It's funny, but we're going to learn from it and we're going to probably not do it again. It's it's a weird sort of thing like the lesson has to be learned and then you go, okay, well, yeah, yeah we're cool. moving on. But I think comedians will always be pushing the envelope. Sorry to drop the mo- the the mood there. I just I, I think, think it's, it's an important. In, I think discuss. it is an interesting and important thing. But yeah, do you have anything, Chris? It it ties back to a, a point I made right at the start. Like this is the last action comedy film that I feel was ever been made. Um, because, as Tom may be saying, this is a point of shift and so things shifted away from this because, okay, tick, we've done this and we've done it perfectly. We don't have to do this. So maybe mm. things naturally moved away rather than what Hollywood generally does is try and copy something that's successful. Yeah, um, that's so true. What I would probably imagine with this film is Ben Stiller had to put in a lot of his own money to get it made. Could be true. And therefore... More of the risk is on himself. Yes, there's still a studio involved. It has money nah, in it. Pocket change for that motherfucker, I'm sure. Yeah. But <laughs> therefore, you're, you're, you've written it, you're directing it, and you put up a fair amount of cash to get this done. Mm. If this burns, you burn. Goodbye. Mm. But it didn't. Again, it high risk, successful. high reward. Like yeah. they all knew what they were going in on. Yeah. 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 It's great. And having DreamWorks at your back as well uh, doesn't hurt. I, I had two more things, but I, I know we're kind of running, yeah? Um, this might not make it, so we'll see how this goes. But <laughs> <laughs> All righty. That's always a good this start. This is something I was thinking about today. It was a really strange time where as much as this specific joke about blackface or wearing uh, sort of uh, mimicking a person of colour has been made, there were a lot of jokes in The Office, there were jokes in Community, and there's a joke in 30 Rock that I think is the funniest version of this and it's where they're doing a parody of black television shows from the 50s where Tracy Morgan is living with a housemate who's John Hamm wearing blackface. (laughs) And the whole bit is Tracy Morgan. The second John Hamm walks out in blackface, Tracy Morgan's like, I'm not doing this. And it keeps cutting to shots of the two of them and John Hamm trying to engage him and him being like, sir, what you are doing is disrespectful to me (laughs) as a man. Please stop. And the last bit is the two of them staring at each other intently across a room for like 20 seconds and John Hamm looks so nervous. And finally he just goes, Banjo! And Tracy Morgan's like, I'll kill you! That's <laughs> that oh. And, like, I think that's that's exactly what it should be. It's about uh, white America and the white entertainment industry sort of having to come to terms with we did this and doing it in a way that skewers it, that I think is funny. And definitely, of course, the intended target is not black people or people of colour. It is what a foolish man that Tracy Morgan gets to be there and be the straight man of, much as Brandon T. Jackson does for 
uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, who is objectively yeah. a very foolish what man. What an arrogant and stupid choice. Insane. And you think that you, you can this. get away with it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win an Oscar for this. Like, yes. So it thinks he's so Well, important. to be fair, he's just like a tradesman or a rugby player, except for the fact that his uh, tools are the mechanism which trigger human emotion. He sounds just like Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> like Russell Crowe. It's Crow. a great line, and it played down. I was like, oh, that lives word for word in my head and I'd yeah. forgotten it was there. <laughs> Very good. All right, so who, wait, who would we play? You, you're Jay Baruchel. I'm Jack Black and or Matthew McConaughey. Marcus would definitely be ben Stiller. Uh, ben Stiller. a little half squat. <sighs> oh, yeah. I have a son now. <laughs> who in Crikey Fuck is half squat? <laughs> right, Stabbing him in the back. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> Blow the bridge. <laughs> The kid getting thrown off the it's bridge so is the funniest <laughs> thing. Wilhelm scream. <laughs> but it's so good how they and they cut back and he's alive. Just, yeah, so, just yeah, he's, he's just he's, he's got his arms crossed. crossed. He's, he's just yeah. like, Dad, I miss you. <laughs> he puts a salty pouts his lips and everything. It's very funny. <laughs> Chris, I imagine maybe oh, Steve Coogan. Wait, did I just get nominated yes. as Ben Stiller? You're Ben that? Stiller, and, oh. we're, and we're moving on. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I could. Oh, I, mean, I guess that just leaves Downey Jr. I mean, <laughs> look, I've got him. I've got him. You're putting words in my mouth, guys. I mean, something. Did no one throw so. in the pal? I guess we'll never know because here comes the choo-choo train we can of the do it tune right song. Now. I'm not going to throw in the pal. I guess I'll go like 8.4. Yeah. Oh. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I found that section of it boring. I'm done. I've been. I've talked a little bit today, guys. I'm so sorry. Well, I feel like we're not going to throw in the pal because we all had a great time. No, we had so. a great time. Yeah. And now we're done. <laughs> Are we? Through the Power. Throwing the Power is a Hey Power Productions production, and Tom just checked his watch. Yeah, see, we're not done. Frank's looking at his feet. <laughs> and Why? I'm looking at Chris now. Oh, Chris. Smoldering icon. Put your nipples away, Chris. Tom. Wait, is that Chris? I thought that was Marcus this whole time. Oh, no, you going on? I'm going to turn the lights on. Spy. Through the Power. Liz is just.